friends, Maestro here, bringing you episode 489 of Maestro on the Mic. Today, I'm asking the question, is Instagram killing creativity? Yes. Yes, it is. I'm going to answer in this little pre-show intro thing because I feel that strongly about it. How do I think it's killing it? What do I think we can do? You're going to have to tune into the full episode for that. All this and more, but first, hey, DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it poppin'. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, 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 my podcast people, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of my favorite podcast. Right off the bat, happy July. This episode, it will drop, or it's dropping, Monday, July 3rd, so welcome to July. I'm not going to lie. I'm recording this and it's not July, but this is part of recording a podcast. So happy July. Today we're talking about or answering the question, is Instagram killing creativity? And the long and the short of it to me is yes, I do believe that it is killing creativity. I cannot speak to the other platforms that are out there because I'm not really on them. Like, yes, if you're watching this, you're watching it on YouTube, but I'm not like in it the same way that I'm in it with Instagram, nor do I think that it's necessarily there. Um, in the same way, maybe with, with shorts and things like that, but either way, I'm not in it the same way that I am with Instagram and same thing. I'm really not in TikTok. I post over there, but literally I just post it and leave. It's not my, my, that's not my platform. Um, but Instagram is my second home and I do believe that it is killing creativity. So this episode is not for me to just be a curmudgeon. It's largely a a PSA for new creators entering space and an I see you, you know, like a, a little hat tip to the seasoned creators out there that maybe are feeling the same way. And yes, I do have some solutions because just complaining ain't the way. So in general, I hate discussions about the algorithm and I hate the blaming about the blaming the algorithm for things. No one saw my stuff. It's the algorithm. Like, listen, like, let's stop with that. Um, but I will blame the algorithm for it's, or I will highlight the role that I think the algorithm is playing in this, in that I do think that it promotes parroting. I think it, parroting like the bird, I think it promotes parroting and I think it promotes, and I think it promotes pandering. Um, It encourages people to say the same thing as everybody else and to do what you think will get the likes, right? On Instagram, the currency that we see people dealing in is attention. So Folks that are entering the space and trying to use this for business, they want to do what gets attention. And to me, the biggest issue with that, there's, I have a lot of issues with that, but the biggest issue with that is that I think that this attention is being artificially influenced. So I see messaging out there from coaches, I don't even coach from people that have big followings and it's kind of like, if you have low numbers, it means that you're not creating what people want. And I don't think that that's fully true. Sometimes, yes. But sometimes it's just that you may not be creating what the algorithm wants and what the algorithm is going to push. It doesn't mean your stuff is bad. So 
I want to put that out there as well. Yes, the algorithm does base things off of watch time, meaning like it pushes it to out to a certain number of people and based on how much of that video is watched and how much interaction it gets, it says, okay, people like this, we're going to push it to more people. But I do also think that there is artificial influence with this in terms of, one, if the algorithm is just strategically and specifically pushing a certain type of content, then the people like us, the consumers tend to think that this type of content is what's actually good, what's actually trending, what's actually relevant. And so you watch it. Maybe you don't even necessarily like it as much, but you like, you see it everywhere. You start to think like, oh, maybe there's some like, you know, validity to this. Like we know already with mainstream media that it can make things seem worse than they are and sensationalize things. And why would we think the algorithm is any different? Also, we have no way of knowing if the numbers are even real, right? Part of what we see and I think of that. I think about this with art, where like you'll you'll see fancy art, and you know, to to uh, a uh, what is it? A muggle like me, I'm like that art looks fucking terrible. But you know, to the I don't know whoever people art art collectors, I don't fucking know. They're like it's amazing. Or same thing with fashion, and you're like, but what? That is terrible. I think we kind of see the same thing on social media. We're like, are these numbers real? We're like this post. We know if a post has more likes on it, people are more likely to like that post and think it's good, even if it's not good. And I'm like, are these numbers even real? Not even that the creator has bought followers or has bought likes, because you can do both, but the algorithm could just be pushing this. We don't know who's behind all this stuff. On some of these numbers, I'm like, 30,000 people like that person's thing? Like, what? Like, some of these numbers are just so massive. I'm like, are they even real? I don't know. I actually did an episode about that. If you link that, Courtney, that would be amazing. So there's another thing. We have no idea of knowing, like, is this being artificially influenced? I think it is, but we don't know for sure if it is or isn't. And then lastly with this, we really see it with TikTok especially, that the algorithm serves content that appeals to the most basic parts of the human brain, especially like a sick brain, a tired brain, a burned out brain, a depressed brain, a brain that's been overworked and it's just like, give me dopamine, make me feel good. There's something to be said about that. Right? It's, I think it's artificially pushing this or just intentionally pushing this. It doesn't mean that it's good content. It means that the people will stay and keep scrolling. And so there's plenty of other stuff out there that's good. But if we're just seeing that kind of content being served and we have new creators or people that are really just trying to get attention, you know, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but they're going to lean on that type of content. And it's like, this has been artificially created. I don't think that there's, that there is as much free will and true choice from the consumer end of things, which then can absolutely create, absolutely affect, excuse me, the creator side of things. So, you know, whenever I come up with episodes or just in general, this is how I am, I've always been like this. Whenever I have an argument, I want to present myself with the, uh, the alternative, the opposite argument. I remember growing up and like doing essays for class, like in elementary school, like middle school and being, you know, being taught how to write. And I would literally talk myself, I'd be writing, I would just do stuff late, of course, just like the last minute. And I'd be up late doing these essays and like, I would present the opposition and I'd be like, actually, I have convinced myself of this opposition now. And so whenever I, you know, make these podcast episodes or do posts or anything like that, I always come up and think about, come up with or think about the opposing side. And I feel like one possible argument that we would hear to this is that if these algorithms didn't exist, then people wouldn't be on social media because they wouldn't enjoy it at all. And I'm like, well, one, that's probably good because I go outside. 
Um, but two, I also think this is true. I think that this is like, that's an argument that would be like posed by somebody that works for fucking Facebook or something like that. Um, because the flip side is, is like we saw with the original Facebook when it was truly social networking. I did an episode on this, the difference between social networking and social social media. But we saw when it was social networking, people still used it. Right, but we as soon as it became social media and you could repost other people's content, you could post different types of content to try and attract attention. Things changed, so I think people would still be using it, and I think it would you'd still get served content that you actually enjoy. Right, it feels like now like the algorithm is turned up to like ten, like the highest is ten, and it's like we're going to target you with things you didn't even know you liked and you wanted, but we knew it attaches to this and it connects to that, and so we're serving you. And I'm like maybe just like turn down to five. Like, let's just like, okay, seven. I'll meet you in the middle. Let's turn down seven. doesn't need to be all the way up at 10, right? So the solutions, right? Because I'm not just here to complain and be like my old curmudgeon, old man self. Solutions here. As creators, because I think, you know, I not I think, I know I have different types of people in my audience. And I know that I also attract creators because I am a creator. I love creating content. I love making content. And I know that I have people in the audience that also do. And so if this is you, I'm going to encourage you to create what inspires you, create what makes you happy, create for yourself. My number one resource for this, my girl, Rachel Strickland. I brought her on the podcast. I brought her in the mafia. I just, I think the world of her. And she's the first person that pops into my mind when I think about what does it mean to be a creator or a creative or an artist? What does it mean to create? What does it mean to create simply because you got to create, you have to, you need to, it is you. Like I make these things, these videos, and I'm probably gonna make them forever. Cause like, I just can't stop. I love creating. And what does that mean? And how do we reconcile doing this and also work? And how do we step into the scariness that is, as Rachel would say, you know, create, putting your lifeblood out there and people judge it. All right, so number one resource with that, Rachel Strickland. Another suggestion I have is to follow people outside of your niche, your niche. Um, people are doing very different and different things than you, and people that are also creators in the traditional sense. In the create, excuse me, people leave it in there, leave it in there, Courtney. Uh, following people who are outside of your your niche, following people that would traditionally be viewed as artists and. The person that comes to mind right now is uh, Andrea Gibson. I believe Andrea Gibson uses he, him pronouns, or maybe they, them. I should look. I think maybe it's they, them. We're going to go with they, them. Um, I just bought their poetry book. I follow people like that who inspire you to lean into your creative side and to show up in a way that maybe the algorithm isn't going to promote but is true to you. I Next suggestion with this is to divorce yourself from the metrics. I know that they're right there when you go on Instagram, but this is like the first thing I teach when I'm running my Instagram intensive is you got to divorce yourself from it. You got to stop looking at it and you got to lean into the people that show up, right? And the people that are in the comments and people that are in your, in your, um, in your, not in your stories, in your DMs, right? I will say I don't get zillions of likes and things like that. I could change my content to do better but I can't. And it's the best way I can explain it. It's not that I won't. It's just that I can't. Like, I would stop. If I just did what the algorithm loved and, you know, pandered, I'd stop. And I think we, I think that there are coaches out there and people out there that will have you believe that 
those when you start seeing those metrics, it's that it's what people actually want. And I think it's not necessarily the case, especially when you have an audience my size. I think that what you're seeing is that when you get those numbers, it's because you have done something that the algorithm likes. And so it's shown it to more people. I firmly believe that just your other content that doesn't do as well, it just isn't getting as shown to as many people, especially if you have historically had a certain numbers, had certain metrics. Like that's what I'm basing it off. Not someone that's brand new and never had any traction. I've had traction. You know, we just hit 65,000, fo- I don't want to say followers, 65,000 Insta homies. And I'm so grateful. I've never gone viral. It's always been a slow burn. And I've seen the numbers go up and down. And I truly believe it's like, hey, it's showing it to more people now. And now it's not. It's not the type of content. It is just what's, it's not, it's not that people don't like the type of content. It's that the algorithm isn't pushing it. I firmly believe as it relates to my content. So for me, it's divorcing myself from the metrics and creating in the way that I want to create and creating in the way that's going to allow me to keep showing up because that is the most important thing, right? When it, when it comes to trying to win a game where timing is important and luck is important, your best bet is to simply always be playing. So the both and of this is if you're trying to use Instagram or we'll talk about Instagram for online business and you're like, but I need the attention because I got to pay bills and I got to like get the eyes on this thing. Okay, so then... Let's figure out how to play without pandering, where most of the posts you create then are for you and some are for the algorithm. Nothing wrong with that. I talk about that in the intensive with the breakdown of, of post types. And yeah, if you, if you got to play the game, you want to play the game, then sometimes, yeah, you do it because also it can be fun. Like, you know, do this thing that you know probably gets some traction. Nothing wrong with that. It's just, in my opinion, so easy to get lost and caught up in the numbers and obsessed with it. I've watched it happen to people and that algorithm will change. And then people are distraught and I just watch them just chase numbers. And that is just no way to live, folks. And this is a large part of why I'm, I'm writing, writing, excuse me, why I'm putting out this episode. Uh, I did episode, I think it was 463, 464, it's two of them. The, Gar- the, the Garth Brooks, the Garth Brooks episodes. I'm having a tough time speaking, clearly. And in the, um, what is it called? The documentary that he, that I did, that he did, that I based these episodes off of, he said, the luckiest entertainers, exactly what they want to give is exactly what their people want. And I firmly believe that. And I think if you apply this to social media, this is where this is where some of that luck plays in, where for some folks, the way that they want to show up, the content they want to create, the way that they want to create it, it's what the algorithm wants. Good for them. But again, you got to understand that what the algorithm wants will change. The algorithm used to want static posts. The algorithm used to want carousels. The algorithm loves reels now like there's room for other things but either way suffice to say things change and which is why i don't recommend chasing the algorithm right so all that to say yes i do think that instagram is killing creativity this is my psa to the new creators or for the new creators it's my i see you to the og creators i'm in the trenches with you and i do think there are solutions to this namely check out rachel Um, follow other creators and creatives on social media, especially those outside of your niche, and then really lean into creating what inspires you, creating what you like, divorcing yourself from those metrics, those numbers, and, and creating because you have to create, and then figuring out how to play without pandering and losing yourself. 
right? So that's the that's all I got for the the actual episode. But I've been doing this new thing, creating in my way, where I share a review from the old podcast from iTunes. I also learned that it doesn't like go back, like it deletes some of them. So I'm like, I should have started reading these sooner. But either way, I'm going to read the ones that, that are there. And if you want to leave one, I would love it. It connects us. I'm fucking grateful. Like I've said, I don't know if it helps the podcast get found. I've heard that initially, and now I'm like, I don't know if it does, but I love reading it, so I'm going to ask for them. So today's review comes from Amanda underscore six, and she said, I can't recommend this podcast enough if you're looking for ways to grow your business and actually take action. If you found yourself listening to podcasts and not taking action afterwards, this is for you. Dr. Shante tells you like it is and also tells you what action to take. Yes, I do. I highly recommend this resource when you're ready to make moves in your business. Amanda, thank you. The rest of you, thank you. I know you can be doing anything and you chose to listen to me. And for that, I am, as always, endlessly, endlessly appreciative. If you want to leave a review, I'd be even more appreciative. All right. I'm officially going to wrap it up there. Until next time, friends. Maestro. Maestro.